One of the things I've seen uh, as Pastor TJ has began to, to, you know, uh, more and more over the years, and he began to teach and preach the Word of God, and I, I, would, I, I, would, I could tell, and I would know, and I says, okay, God just did something in him this week. Because when he'll come in here and you bring the Word... You see, when you take the word, I, I take it seriously to preach and teach the word. He takes it seriously to preach and teach the word. And, but you can't really, uh, really bring forth the truth of the word of God unless it's in you. Unless it's working in you. And I can see what God had, done in, had been doing in him. And I, I remember saying a few things to myself. Yeah, I remember... I remember when God did that in me. And I could see it happening in him. So it's a blessing. Amen. I don't know if we'll have time for this message or all of it. <laughs> uh, it may take me a while. But uh, we'll, we'll just get what we can get here today. Um, you know, one of the, it's closer to God. That's what I'm going to talk about. I want to be closer to God. You know, mo- most Christians, most true Christians want to be closer to God. Matter of fact, there was a survey that I read not long ago, and, and it says, why do you come to church? And the number one reason was to get closer to God. So that's why we're here, to learn how and learn more about getting closer to God today. We've been hearing about God and what he's like, and uh, uh, Brother Steve, he, he's telling us what, what, how God is, is just revealing himself more to him and understanding more about how to come to God and be for God and, and be able to get in his presence and, and be accepted by God, you know, all of that. And, and I'm learning more of that myself, and it's taking place in my life. So uh, we've learned who God is, so now let's, uh, let's, let's learn more about how to get closer to him. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just give you praise, glory, and honor. We thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for the anointing to teach, preach the word, Lord. I thank you uh, for touching this congregation. I thank you for touching everyone here, that everyone would receive this word and would go away changed today. That not one person, Lord, would leave here without change. Father, that everyone would have a hunger and a thirst after you like never before. To be after you, to seek after you, and to draw near to you. Father, you've given us a mission here today, and we bring this message from you today that we may all be drawn closer to you. God, I ask you to do a work, a special work in us here today. In the name of Jesus, every one of us, in Jesus' name. Most Christians will tell you they'd like to be closer to God, but fewer accomplish that. Can you do anything to draw God or cause God to come closer to you? Can you do anything to cause God to come closer to you? Well, yes. And we can see that in the scripture, and we'll look at that in a minute. Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. Might as well throw that one up right now. Uh, if, if we draw nigh to God, then he will draw nigh to us. But I want you to understand something more about God. Uh, and if you could just take, and you drew a circle, and this circle represented the God. Everything is in God. Your house Everything in this world, every person you've ever known and ever will know, every institution, everything is inside that circle, and that's God. God is what? Everywhere. So that means he's right here next to you. So in essence, can we do something to make him get even closer? (laughs) 
He's already there, and he wants you to realize that he's already there. So when we look at this verse, draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you, it's, it's, a, it's a function on our part that when we begin to draw closer to God, then we begin to realize who he is, begin to more, more, more about him. And in this circle, there is, uh, uh, there's a way to, number one, come closer to him. In other words, know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. When you begin to know him as Lord and Savior, then what happens? You begin to come out of the darkness into the light. You begin to discover a mystery. And that mystery was God's been there all along. God's been in your life. I've seen people come to the Lord, and the next thing I know, they're talking about, I remember when this happened and that happened. That was God in my life. I didn't know it was God, but it was God in my life. He was with me, and he loves me, and now I know it. And that's some of the beauty that comes along with knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So let's look at our main text in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 22. 10, 19 through 22. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which, you ha- which he hath consecrated for us through the veil... That is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. In verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. In these verses, there is a lot of knowledge and a lot of truth. But there is one command, one major command. And it's, a, it's simple, it's deep, it's high, it's holy, it's happy, and seemingly impossible. But that is this, draw near. But as we look at that scripture, it doesn't say draw near to what? Of course, we all know what we're talking about. But it's one of, uh, and in this case, um, Paul uh, writing, at least the most attributed uh, him to the writing here of Hebrews, and that uh, seven times in the book of Hebrews and then all throughout the Bible, some of these same words that refer to drawing near to God, finding that one command to draw near to him. So we find in, in Hebrews 4.16, Hebrews 4, we're going to go through these verses pretty quick, so you just grab them and uh, just get the essence of what, what we're talking about there. In Hebrews four sixteen. it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. So where to? Where, where do we draw near to? Where? The throne of grace. And that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We can preach a message right there on that verse. Then Hebrews seven twenty five. Another verse in, in Hebrews says, Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost, that come unto God by him, seeing he ever hath, uh, uh, he, he ever liveth to make intercession for them. So coming unto God. So he's talking about coming to God, coming to the throne of God. Hebrews 11, 6. It says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What we find in these scriptures, uh, again, in the, in the other verses that we read back in, in Hebrews chapter 10, it said that we have confidence to enter into the holy place. 
And all these verses and what Paul had on his mind, it was his intent and his desire that we would learn or that we'd be motivated, that we'd be uh, challenged or influenced. And that's my desire here today, to challenge you, to influence you, to draw nearer to God. One of the things that I've been told that if you're going to tell somebody something, you've got to tell them. And then you've got to tell them again. You've got to tell them again. And some people, you've got to tell them three times before they get it. But I was reading in some commentaries one time, and said, you've got to tell them seven times. Then I read in another place, you know, like nine times, 11 times. So in this message, you're going to hear it more than that probably. Draw near, but draw near to God. And this is, this is uh, even the, the crux of, of even the whole New Testament. And we'll come to that in a few moments to realize that this is what God has done for us, that we may be able to draw near unto him. So God wants us to have a, a passion for him, a zeal for him, and to come confidently before him. And to come before, and then in, in Hebrews there, where we read to come before into the holy of holies, to enter that holy place. Uh, and, and it says, speak of a, a, a new holy place in a new and a better way. Now, I want you to think about in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, uh, God had given directions on a tabernacle and, uh, and, and where he would come and reveal his presence. Now, there was the outer court, the inner court, and the holies of holies. In the outer court was the congregation. That's where you and I would go. Then in the inner court was the priest. And in the inner court and the priest, that's where the sacrifices take place. A sacrifice had to be made so that whoever the individual was, in this case would be the high priest, would go into the Holy of Holies. And in that Holy of Holies, God would reveal his glory. Now, there was something awesome about that. And this would happen once a year, and there was something uh, even, even a little scary about that. Because there had to be a sacrifice. Because without that sacrifice, the individual going there would be consumed by the glory of God. Moses was one that wanted to see the presence of God. And he said, I want to see your presence. He says, you can see my backside, but I've got to hide you in the mountain here. I've got to cover you up. And then just his glory passed by. And Moses turned white on his, all of his hair turned white. I mean, you know, our flesh would be consumed in the presence of Almighty God. But here in these scriptures, he's telling us, hey, we can go into the holies of holies, a new place, and we can go there. So again, the great, uh, the great aim of the writer is to draw us near to God into fellowship with him. That we not settle for a Christian life that's a distance from God. That we don't settle for uh, knowing God uh, shallantly or just on Christmas or Easter, but that we have, uh, and, and some just on Sundays only. We call that SMOs. You know what an SMO is? Sunday morning only. They show up there, and that's, if you're lucky, and <laughs> that's about it. But, but th- this is not what God has desired for us. This is not what he has created for us. But to be near and understand this present reality And that we could experience Almighty God just like the high priest would experience God. David would go and he would go and and he'd break all the rules. You see, God's hand was upon him and he was a type and shadow of being able to, to, where are we at here? A type and shadow of coming, of what was coming in the New Testament. And and he would go sneak in. (laughs) And you know, hey, this was dangerous stuff. 
he'd go sneak in and he would hide. And he wasn't the high priest. He was the king. But he'd go hide under the cherubims, under the Ark of the Covenant. And the cherubims, that's the angel's wings, you know, and under the shadow of the Almighty. The glory would be there, but he would stay in that shadow. He wasn't going to get out there in that light because he got out there in the light of the glory. I mean, he could be consumed. But he was in the shadows of God. And, and he spoke about it. And you read Psalms and you could realize that this man has been in the presence of Almighty God. And he would, he would do that and write about it. And he was a foretaste of what would come, uh, that we all could come into that holy place and be in the presence and power of Almighty God. This is the very heart of the entire New Testament gospel. I want you to look at this statement here. It says that Christ came into the world to make a way for us to come to God without being consumed in our sin by his holiness. You see, it's our sin that would cause us to be consumed. This is why he sent. We need the revelation of why he sent God there. That we don't waste our salvation. That we don't take full advantage of our, our salvation with God. To take full advantage is to be able to come into his presence. He did all of that for us. That we could be in his holy presence. In 1 Peter chapter, let's see, where is it? 1 Peter 3.18. It says, For Christ also had once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. In Ephesians two eighteen, for though for through him we both have access by one spirit unto one unto the Father. And then in Ephesians three and twelve, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith in him, that we can actually experience the reality of a human being being connected and touched by God. That's what the gospel is about. This is what God has done for us. This is the center of the gospel. God has done astonishing and costly things that we may come into his presence. He gave his only begotten son. He allowed his son to go to the cross and to, be, to, to bleed and to die for us. That we may be drawn nearer to him for our joy and for his glory. There's joy in the presence of the Lord. And in his glory is revealed in it. If we stay away, he's not impoverished. He still has fellowship with the Trinity. He is not the one that suffers. It is you and I that miss out if we do not come in and have fellowship with him. He doesn't need us to be happy. He's going to stay happy. But we sure need him to be happy. Is that right? Then God, and let's look at this statement here. God magnifies his mercy by giving us free access through his son, in spite of our sin, to the one reality that can satisfy us completely and foreverly, ever, namely himself. Only through him can be we be completely satisfied in Jesus Christ. And he made the way that we could have that 
with him. Psalm 16 and 11. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is what? Fullness of joy. And in thy right hand they are, pl- are pleasures forevermore. This is exactly where God wants you to be right now. You can go there right now while I'm preaching, while I'm talking to you right now. You can just come into the presence of God. There's nothing stopping you. You can listen to the word of God and just move right on into the presence of God. This is where he would have you to be right now. If you have a joy level, if your joy level is low or your joy level is down, then you can come to the presence of God. And there is joy evermore. Psalms 42 and verse 2. He says, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Like I said, right now. You can come now. I will come now. Right now. And he wants us to worship him and to praise him and to have a zeal for the Lord. But it's one thing for him to want it. But the, the thing here today is that my desire is that you would want it. That you would want to be in that presence. That you would be able to go into the presence of God and taste and see that he's good. That you would experience the reality of who God really is and the love of God and his mercies that come. And we were singing that song earlier and I said, well, I'm going to be talking about that. And and in his presence, uh, my shame disappears. In his presence is the joy of the Lord. Uh, you know, that, there, there's nothing can fulfill. You know, your football team can win and win or lose. It makes no difference. But, man, when you come into the presence of God, everything changes. Everything is different. And today, God is talking to somebody. And he's talking to somebody that's, that needs to be drawn closer to him. He's talking to somebody and he's saying, I love you with an everlasting love. I care for you and I know what you're going through. I know the trials, the tribulations. I know the situation that you're in. And I know that I have the answer. I have that which you lack. I have that which you need. Come to me that I may be able to fill you with overflowing. That I can change your circumstances for he does change the circumstances not as fast as we want to at times but he does and he works miracles in our lives when we don't even realize he's worked a miracle in our lives all we know is we're not fretting over it anymore and all we know is we're not worried about it anymore something's happened God intervened in our lives see this is the will of the father this is the love of the father he wants you more than you want him But he's a gentleman, and he's not going to force himself upon you in any way. So he wants you to have a zeal. After you've tasted and seen these good, you're going to want to go again and again and again. In Romans chapter 10, verse 1 and 2, Paul had a burden for the the whole nation of Israel. And here's his burden here in Romans 10, 1. He says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. He wants them to be saved. Well, what's the problem? The problem is Jesus Christ came and they didn't recognize Jesus Christ. He went on to say, hey, they got plenty of religion in the next verse. It says, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but are not according to knowledge. See, they had missed the knowledge of Jesus Christ. They had a zeal for God. There's a, there's a zeal not according to knowledge, and there's a zeal that is according to knowledge. And it's very important that we have the zeal according to knowledge, for God says for us to come to him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
to come to him with everything that we have. Even when we are down and out, even when we feel low, then's when the time to come to him. Not to come to him in indifference, not to come with him in, in, uh, when we're fighting for things. You know, yeah, come to him when you're fighting, but not when you're, you're angry. And not being angry with God, but come to him and watch him touch you. Drawing near to God, crying out to him to touch you. To understanding what God has done for you. To give you life in his presence once again. To give you your eyes to see his glory again. To make you alive again. Calling for the zeal of the Lord. A zeal without knowledge is worthless and leads to destruction. Zeal without knowledge leads to destruction. In Hebrews 10 and 19 and through 22, which we've already read... It gives us the knowledge that we need that we may serve him in truth. That we can have a zeal in knowledge to help us to draw near to him. Knowledge is for the life. It gives us zeal, firmness. gives us conviction. We get to the place where we know that we know that we know. It keeps our heart burning with with God, with the things of God and our love with God. In Luke twenty four thirty two, it says, And they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? Knowledge is truth. And he opened the word and the scriptures to them and their hearts burned within them. This is the knowledge that God would have us today. And I pray here today. I don't know how much more time I got. I'm doing good. Let me know, Pastor. You just, how much, you want to say something, don't you? Yeah, you're going to be saying something. Go ahead. Get it over with, he said. If I slow down, I have to preach next week. I I know he said that's what he wants me to do anyway. Anyway. But there's about four, four or five truths, and then we got some other good stuff. But there's several truths that we need to look at, that we need to understand that God is revealing to us so that we can have a zeal after him, that we can know how to come to him and draw near to him. In, in verse 14 of Hebrews, I'm just going to read it to you. And he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. He's already perfected us. Therefore, draw nigh to him. He's already done that. You know, we're still being sanctified, but in God, but we've already been perfected in him. He says, be ye perfect as I am perfect. And I said, oh, first time I read that, how in the world? He's perfect. How can I do that? But he has made us perfect. Amen? So we can come to him. Therefore, come to him. Through Christ, we have been perfected. In verse 17 of Hebrews, it says, And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Therefore, draw near. I'm adding the therefore draw near. He don't remember it anymore. That's forgiven. Are you being held back because of some past sins? He said, I have forgiven it. He was relating to a a promise of the covenant that God gave the people in in the Old Testament. Jeremiah 31, he said said that I'll remember their sins no more. 
I'll put them in the sea of forgiveness. I'll just lay them aside. And this is our God. He's laid it aside. And see, this is, the I think, one of the main crux of the problems that keeps people from, from God drawing, or from people from drawing near to God. And, and, and I was, glad, I was to hear, glad to hear what Steve said because, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, that he began to learn here that God has forgiven your sins. You know, and that he loves you with, he loves you so much, he has made the way for you to come to him. There's nothing you have to do, nothing you can do. All you do is humble yourself and submit yourself to him, and, and you can come into the holy presence of God. Covenant promises of God, therefore draw near to him. Then he said, boldness to enter into the holies of holies by the blood of Jesus. That we'll have confidence to enter into, that pre- into his holy presence. You can come in. And by living in better way, he's consecrated us. I want you to look at this statement here. He says, the blood of Jesus, the son of God, has been shed for you. So that your sins are forgiven. And the holiest of God, and the holiness of God will not consume but thrill you. The question is, how long has it been since the presence of God that has thrilled you? I can say it's only been about 30, 40 minutes for me when we was praising and worshiping the Lord. And and, in that song, oh my goodness, the presence of God thrilled by the presence of the Lord God Almighty. Therefore, draw near. (laughs) Draw near according to knowledge. This is the first thing that we're to do. As a child of God. This is the first thing we're to do every day. Service comes, serving God comes later. Coming into his presence. Psalms 145 verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him. To all that call upon him in truth. And I see two truths here that we're talking about. The truth of the of the scriptures that we've been reading about. The one truth too that he loves you more than anything. The other is to come unto him with a sincere heart. Come unto him with your in truth in your own heart. Nothing being held back. I mean when you get in the presence of God nothing's held back anyhow. So all the shame, all the everything, you begin to see all that kind of stuff. I've been in the presence of God, and, 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 and I remember one time just crying out to God and being in his presence, and we were in intercessory prayer, and it was in a group t- setting, and, uh, and all of a sudden I was just gone. I, I wasn't there. I was just, I was off with God, and I began to see myself. And I saw myself as Aaron in the Old Testament. And one of the things they did with the priest of the Old Testament, uh, I don't know why, but, but they stood them up unclothed. <laughs> they were exposed. And, and there was so much symbolism to all of that. And that's how I saw myself before God. Nothing hid. Nothing there. But, you know, that can be uh, earth-shadowing, that can, uh, shaking, that can be nerve-wracking, that can be uh, self-conscious. 
And yes, it was, it was seemingly all those things, but then all of a sudden, all the shame was gone. All of a sudden, nothing mattered. All of a sudden, it's just me and God. And it didn't matter if there's all kinds of people around. It didn't matter even if they were around. It's just me and Him, and He loves me, and I'm accepted exactly like I am with every flaw and every blemish. Jesus didn't have any flaws or blemishes. The Lamb had to be perfect that they sacrificed. They had searched the Lamb over to see if there was any imperfections to be sacrificed. But, oh my goodness, God's covered me. I'm as that white as, as, and, and blemish-free as that lamb is. Amen. I am white and, uh, and clean and, and, uh, and, and blemish-free uh, of all darkness and all sin, even as Jesus Christ, because this is how God sees me. Therefore, I say to you, number eight, draw near. Draw near to God. I don't know if it's been eight or not. I just made that up. Anyway, <laughs> Hebrews ten twenty two. Let's read that one again. It says, and they said one to another, "Did uh, no? Let's go on down. Uh, there it is. Hebrews ten twenty two. Let us draw near with the true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies uh, washed with pure water. I'm washed clean. My uh, my conscience has been sprinkled. Hallelujah." We have a sincere heart with the Lord. We can come to him. And then when our conscience begins to talk to us, we can say, be at peace, conscience. Hallelujah. I'm forgiven. When the accuser comes, we can cast down the accuser. I'm forgiven. Therefore, I say, draw near. Some biblical principles. It looks like we may get this thing almost done. There's some biblical principles that we can do to draw ourselves closer to him. And uh, I'm not even going to look at those verses. We're going to skip to the bottom, but some of the verses, just morning, noon, and night. That's what the scripture says. The apostles and the disciples, they gave themselves to prayer. And, and, and David said, seven times a day I'll praise you. Get an attitude of praise and worship. It causes you to be connected with God. Gives you access to God. Morning, noon, and night. Seek Him with the, with the openness of your heart. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Submit to Him. And abandon yourself. Draw near to God. And He'll draw near to you. It's guaranteed. As we look at that, that last verse, or that same verse again, where He says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, and I'll draw near to you. It's a guarantee that he'll draw near to you. I want to take a few moments right now, and I want us to just take time to pray. I want us to come to the altar. I know, Pastor TJ, you can say thank you next week, but if you have to. All right. Now, now listen, everybody stand up. I want you to, I want you to, I want you to think about something. When's the best time to come to God? <laughs> right now. Anytime, every time, come to the Lord to draw nigh to Him. Now, I'm going to say these words. I'm going to open this altar, but, you know, that's not an altar, is it? Where's the altar? Altar's in your heart, isn't it? They had a physical altar. We have, we've got our altar in our heart in the Holy of Holies right there. Hallelujah. So we can, we can come to this altar. We can be touched by God. We can touch him.
It's an act of your heart as you come to Him. I'm going to ask you to come to the altar, everybody that will, in a few minutes. And, and here's what you're doing when you say, I'm coming to the altar. I'm coming to the altar because I want to draw closer to God. That's all. You're just saying, I'm coming to draw closer to God. Now, Jesus, many times, required a physical response. And when he would heal someone, to one he said, go take up your bed and walk. To the other one he said, go wash in the river. And, the, and, and to the others he said, go show the priest. And this is before the manifestation of the healing or the deliverance took place. And that physical act showed a couple of things. One of the things it showed was that they believed. They had knowledge of the truth and they believed that word. And they obeyed God. And they were healed, set free. So what I'm saying is, by you coming to the altar, it's just a a physical outward expression stating that okay God I've heard this word I want to draw near to you there's not a person in in here that God would reject not a person you say well I don't even know God I'm a heathen come on down you get the prize it's free life abundant now and eternal life unimaginable the older I get the more I think about going there amen so I want us to come to this altar right now if you want to get closer to God just come to the altar right now just in your heart you're just saying okay God whosoever will I mean this is this is for everyone Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm not saying God's going to lay you out somewhere on the floor or something here today. But you're just saying that. You're saying this week I want to be closer to God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you, God, that you give us a hunger and thirst after you like never before. Father, in your presence, there's joy evermore.